Well, this morning we are not going to continue in our journey through the book of Acts. Instead, we're having something a little bit different, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I think it was, uh, I got a call just kind of out of the blue from a, a fellow AGC pastor from Saskatchewan. I uh, just wanted to connect and, and meet up for coffee, and so that's that's what we did. We, we planned to get together yesterday, and so I, I met Alex and his wife Amber for the first time. Uh, Heather and I, we had coffee with them, and uh, we had a really great time of fellowship just to, to getting to know their their story a little bit. Uh, and so I've invited them to come and share that a little bit with you guys as well, uh, a little bit of their journey. Uh, they are looking to to be missionaries uh, back to uh, Alex's uh, hometown, his homeland of Mexico. Uh, and so I'm, I'm just going to let them do all the, the sharing uh, of what that all entails and things like that. But I'm going to have Alex come up at this time and, and just share with us. We're really excited to have them with us. They even joined us for our baseball game yesterday. So some of you guys have had the chance to meet them a little bit, uh, but we're excited to get them get to know them a little bit more today. So, Alex, share with us. Thank you. You work. Well, uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Alejandro Bojorquez Ruiz, and if that's too much, you can just say Alex. I don't mind that. Um, you know what? Before um, we get sharing about like our story and everything like that, um, I just have a little a little portion of the scriptures because if something matters is the lord jesus christ so just join me in a word of prayer and then we'll get going father god we stand before your presence and lord just like the apostle john was a faithful witness we long to be faithful witnesses before your presence uh we bless you and we ask you be with us here amen um i have a question here for you if somebody came to you in 2018 and said you know, the next two years are going to change the whole world. What have you, would, would you have believed that? Like, I personally don't know what I would have said, what I would have thought. Uh, but you cannot deny that our times are different, that things have changed. And uh, when it comes to the area of missions and how we do missions as a church, what is missions even, like, that has changed radically. I don't know if you keep an eye on those things, but things are not the same either. Uh, you know, many missionaries, they, they are back in the States, back in Canada, without a clear direction and, and struggling what's next. Like one of those missionaries are my in-laws as well. They were missionaries in Costa Rica. This thing came, they came to the States, support dropped, they're figuring what's next. So these are not easy times, um, but at our church, in the new year, I wanted to, uh, um, like the book of Exodus has been heavily uh, uh, laid upon my heart. So we made a journey through the book of Exodus. And one of the beautiful things of the book of Exodus that comes over and over and over is this little phrase. Uh, and, and the Lord says to Moses over and over, that you, that you and all of Israel, that you may know that I am the Lord. Now, how does that work with our experience here in the last two years hopefully you start to see the connection in here you know it doesn't really matter what's going on in the world it doesn't really matter what changes they are there this is where we stand that you may know that i am the lord and when you have that solid rock you know who you, whom you believe in and he will finish the work our assurance is this and as my wife and i we are planning for the mission field, uh, I just want to share here two key texts that have been 
crucial for our journey. The first one is in Matthew 5, and it's the verses 5 to 10, and it says this. Uh, These 12 Jesus sent out after instructing them, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter any of the city of the Samaritans, but rather go into the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. Do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey or even two tunics or sandals or a staff for the worker is worthy of his support. So what's going on in here? There's a, this is definitely a missionary call, but it's a little bit different in in the sense that uh, the context, remember one of the biggest rules of Bible study is what's the context saying, right? So here Jesus is specifically sending the 12th to go and preach and evangelize. And uh, he says, don't go into the Gentiles, just stay for the Jewish people. Um, And then it says as well, uh, this is the message. This is what you're going to preach. The kingdom is near. And then he also says, you're going to have like uh, some majestic signs, casting out demons, healing out people. And then there's one key phrase that says, freely you have received, freely give. Um, There's some vivid principal elements in here that my wife and I have taken to heart. Of course, it's not just uh, uh, go and preach to the Jewish people only, but there's Matthew in there. Go preach to all the nations, baptizing them, making disciples. Our message is not the kingdom is at hand. Our message is repent. Believe in the one who already did the work. Commit your life to him. And this is one phrase that is like a nail into our hearts. Freely you have received, freely give. Um, and then there's another passage in 2 Corinthians 4, 1 to 6. Therefore, we have this ministry. And both texts work marvelous together in here. We have this ministry. Uh, as we receive mercy, remember, freely you receive, freely give. As we receive mercy, we do not lose hearts. But we have renounced to the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness or adultering the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if the gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing Um, To those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelieving ones, so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your slaves for the sake of Jesus. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Um, So Paul recognizes this ministry. It's a ministry of grace, a ministry freely given. And and then he says, eh, back in those days, there was a Judaizer people who would come and would twist God's words and throw them back at the church. And the church was just forming new church, wondering, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to not eat pork anymore? Are we supposed to go to the synagogue? And are we supposed to do our sacrifices? And Paul says, we do not twist the scriptures. We, we proclaim the gospel, the gospel changes us, and, and the gospel goes forward to all these people in here. Um, and then there's one key verse, a principle as well that my wife and I 
are, are taking as we go into our missionary journey. And, and it says this, and this is the theme verse for our association, our mission association. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for the sake of Jesus. Um, you know, slavery was a huge reality back in those days. And what was a slave? Who was a slave? Well, a slave couldn't buy property. A slave couldn't own possessions. A slave had nothing. A slave had one thing back then. And the only thing was a master. And interesting enough, this is one of the words that the New Testament uses to describe our, our relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you like that word to describe yourself? I'm a slave. You know, that really cuts deep, but it should because we have sinful nature and it must be surrendered to the cross. So we do not preach ourselves. We preach the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why I wanted to start here, because even though we want to present to you as a congregation what's going on in our lives, we want a good reminder. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. We're just slaves of his grace. So I'm going to call up my wife in here and... Uh, um, before that, uh, I'm just going to share a little bit of testimony here. Uh, um, and and as, we, as I'm sharing, we share, just keep this in mind. It's been all the sovereign hand of God. Everything has been the sovereign hand of God. Uh, I grew up in Mexico in a Roman Catholic family. And uh, I'm gonna, we're going to show pictures in here and stuff like that. But uh, um, extremely traditional Roman Catholic family. My dad at that time was working in the mafia, and you've, you've heard the news, you know cartels and drugs and stuff like that. I'm going to give you a little bit uh, run through how things worked and everything like that. Back then, it was a few big heads that controlled everything. Uh, That's when my dad was working in that business. And then um, by God's hand, even though we did not know the Lord, uh, he allowed my dad to leave that business. And you know, today, you only leave it in a casket which is extremely dangerous. And we still scratch our heads. My dad's still alive. Our families are still alive. What did we do? That was God's providence. Um, because my dad knew the business that he was in, he had to have a, a, some kind of foundation, something that we place our faith when things go wrong. Well, that was our church. That was the mother. The Catholic church was our mother for everybody. Um, and my dad made a vow to the Lord and he says, Lord, if you protect me, and if you make my business prosper, <laughs> isn't that something? Uh, if you make my business prosper, I'm going to give you my son as a priest. So that hopefully when I stand before you, you can forgive all the things that I've done. You know, that's how we think when we are outside of Christ. What can I do to gain favor of this majestic, wrathful God who is just and punishes sin. Uh, you know, that's how we think. It's just human nature. So that was my desire. That was the one ambition of my life was to be a priest. I'm so thankful I'm not one anymore. <laughs> uh, just be a priest, serve the Lord in, in, in the Roman Catholic Church. Um, so I'm just going to fast forward in here. What happened? One day, knocking the door. Who was it? People that you've seen too. Dress fancy, open Bible, talking about this Jehovah God. And so JWs, and, and it just, uh, it was so interesting that they came with an open Bible. And everything they said, flip the pages, it's written right here. 
flip the pages. It's written right here. And they said, bring your Catholic Bible. We'll talk to you about it. And I said, sure, because you changed your Bible, obviously. And I brought my Catholic Bible, and they were just nailing my doctrines or beliefs with my Bible. And I was like, oh, goodness. So left the Catholic Church. And that was a big, uh, big thing because I was the first one in my family to leave the faith. Uh, experienced some rejection. Not as much as when I became a Christian. I'm going to get there. Um, these people were missionaries in the town. So they left the town and I was the only convert. <laughs> and I was like, well. Um, so then they said this to me. Do not even consider trying to evangelize Christians. And when I went, um, before I left the, the, the Catholic Church, I went to the priest and I said, who are these people? And they said, oh, just a bunch of heretics. Don't listen to them. Above all, do not read your Bible. Because the Bible is confusing. It's mysterious. You can find yourself in heresy, end up in hell, drag your whole family because of reading your Bible. So I started to think, why not? I have it in my house, yet I don't read it. Nobody reads it. We listen to a priest, right? Um, and then now this JW said, don't listen to Christians. Same question. Why? There was a Baptist pastor in, in my town. And by that time, my dad, by God's grace, again, left the mafia, still alive. Got some decent work, honorable work, uh, backhoe and a dump truck. This pastor came to the, to the house and says, I want to hire your machinery. I'm doing some construction. I got to talk, to talk to this pastor about questions from the Bible, and he they invited me to the youth group, um, started to go to church, and then eventually, by God's grace, he led me to the foot of Jesus, the, the foot of the cross. And uh, I became a Christian at 15 years old. Um, it was just amazing, the change. Went back to my family, and that was at that moment when my family just was a last straw in the camel's back. And they said, get out. My, gramp my grandpa, whom I love, he says to me, I do not want to see you anymore. I do not want to see your face in my house because you, as my grandson, you have betrayed me. You have betrayed us. You've left the faith. You're not my grandson anymore. And you know, to a 15-year-old boy like, who loves his grandpa, that's one of the hardest things I can hear. Anyhow, a little bit fast-forwarding, went to the pastor and... <laughs> And I blamed him, and I said, you told me about this Jesus, and now my family is not my family anymore. And I said, you, now you go tell him. And he says, no. And I was like, no, you got to go tell him. And he says, we'll pray about it. And I said, no, prayer is not going to solve anything. And he says, we'll pray about them. Been praying for eight years, and finally, the Lord reached my mom and my dad, and they are born again. And just last year, the Lord, again, God's providence, reached my grandpa. The same who told me, I don't want to see you anymore. And my grandma. Now they are born-again believers. And uh, it's just amazing. Um, when I became a Christian, there was a missionary from new tribes back then that was going to my town to train my pastor who led me to the Lord. And uh, he brought me to Canada he taught me English. He dropped me at Miller College of the Bible in Sunnybrae. And uh, that's how I got connected to Miller. Went one year in between first and second year to Mexico. Got transferred to Pembroke. Met my lovely wife. 
um, did not want to pastor a church. Now we're pastoring a church and we're heading back to Mexico. So if we can go into this, uh, the slideshow in here. Um, so we're working with a mission called ACCI, Adventive Cross-Cultural Initiatives. It's uh, founded in Alberta, actually. It was called New Life League, yeah. I believe. Um, so these are some of our plans. We plan to go to, if you see there in the map, uh, northern Mexico. The red state is called Sonora, borders Arizona. The yellow star is my hometown. It's a little town of, uh, if we can go there to the next slide. Uh, a little bit of data called Arispe, Arispe, Sonora, 16 uh, 46, old town, 2,000 people, most of them Roman Catholic, that are leaving their Catholic faith slowly. Um, most of them are f looking for something. The, the Lord is reaching these people, and people are coming to the Lord, and it's just unbelievable what is going on down there. From um, I was talking to pastor and his wife, and, and they were saying that some of you went to Mexico City, uh, or was in another church. Okay, yeah. So if some of you have been or know Mexico City is our capital, it's just like 2,000 kilometers away from my town to there. And from Penhold, that's where it gets fun, it's uh, 3,000. <laughs> now, keep that in mind. We're going to get to that later. Next slide. These are just some pictures of the town. It's up in the mountains. Um, excellent for bad businesses like my dad once uh, used to be. For, for him. Um, it was actually really fun uh, coming with you and seeing you play baseball and, and uh, that brought me so many good memories because my town's number one sport is not soccer, it's baseball. And we have that stadium in there and people love it and yeah, next slide. This is a Catholic church where I grew up going. That's uh, in the lower picture is the confessionary where I would go to the priest and kneel down and confess most of my sins to him. Man, it's awkward. Like, until you're there, it's just awkward. The picture above is the, uh, the Virgin of Guadalupe. She's the mother of all Latin Americans. She's a Mexican virgin. That was the, our main goddess. We pray to her. We, we light candles to her. We kneel before her. Because, because Latin American culture, the mom, the mom is bigger than the dad. And the mom can tell the dad what to do. And if Jesus has a mom, the mom can tell Jesus what to do. It's just all into the culture. It's very strange. So that was our, our, our virgin. And the altar where I took my communion, confirmation, the church where I wanted to serve and be a priest. Uh, next slide, please. This is a picture of my family, just some of them. Um, most of them used to be in the drug business. Some of them, by God's grace, are coming slowly to the Lord. And I'm just so thankful for that. Next slide. So these are our friends, Oscar and uh, Rosa Rangel. They are actually the couple that led Alex to the Lord when he was living in Mexico. Um, they are a really, really sweet couple. They came to Canada one time to visit, and we had the pleasure of uh, spending time with them while they were here. Um, they are currently pastoring a church in Aconchi, which is about one hour from Arispe, where Alex lives. And they're traveling to Arispe every week and also to different communities in um, Arispe or in Sonora. And they're uh, helping different churches, and uh, they just feel like the load is getting too much for them. They are in their 70s and just slowing down. They're having a lot of health issues lately, and um, 
so we have the privilege of going down to go and help them and we're really excited to join them and take off some some of the load off their shoulders and be taking over some of the churches in their area and so they can focus on some other churches as well next slide our plan so we have some plans um we're just holding them with an open hand um mm -hmm. just god knows what we're gonna do and uh we have them and what we want to do, but God can always open and close doors too. But two things that we really want to do that we really feel like God is just laying heavy on our hearts is to train pastors um, and their wives. There's a lot of pastors there that um, they have little to no Bible knowledge and zero training. And they are hungry and desperate for the word of God and to grow in their faith um, and to see their churches grow. So we want to go down there. We want to train pastors and their wives and as well doing children's ministry and youth ministry. Um, it's a really, really, it's a neat thing to see when kids come to faith, the parents as well come to faith um, while, while seeing their kids grow. So we want to be doing that when we're down there. And as well, just different churches. When we get down there, some churches might need help with music ministry or whether it's discipleship and mentoring. We want to just be able to help the churches as they need help and uh, being willing just to fill in where we can to help them. Next slide, please. This is a map of Rio Sonora. Um, as you can see kind of in the top, it's, or middle, I guess, it says Arispe. That's our home base. That's where we're going to be living and staying. But there's um, all these other little towns, all those like golden stars. It's kind of hard to see in the red letters. There's all different towns and villages along that Rio Sonora, like the, um, the river. And we are going to be going to those different towns and training the pastors that are in there. Um, Oscar, our friend, he has a lot of connections with those different churches there too. So it opens the doors for us to go and to be doing some training and seminars with these pastors and their wives. Next slide. You know, um, that passage in Matthew, like you, you have be, been given freely, therefore freely give. We went to Miller College of the Bible for my wife for three years. I went for four years. And after that, I'm telling you, you feel like a, like a big head onion because all this knowledge and you're wondering what in the world am I going to do with all of this? Uh, we also feel heavily responsible mm -hmm. because of the amazing training and Bible knowledge that we've been given. Those people have little to none of that. So we feel compelled to come alongside them and, and freely give as well. Um, this is a picture of the church facilities. There's the man's there in the top, and then there's that gymnasium in there. Here is where the penhole comes into place. Eh? Um, that gymnasium, it has a little chapel inside, but it also has a bunch of dormitories. It has uh, bathrooms, showers, kitchen. So we would absolutely love, and we want to lay it before you as a congregation. Would you consider, prayerfully consider, the possibility of having a mission strip? whether it's a youth mission trip, an adult mission trip, Sunday school mission trip. And as the Lord has gifted you, we all have different gifts, teaching, singing, evangelizing, uh, building, whatever it would be, everything is done for the glory of God. Um, would you consider the idea, hey, let's, let's go and, and for a mission trip. If you haven't been for, in a mission trip, I'm telling you, it changes your life. Because the way you see things, the people, the culture, uh, people have little to nothing. And yet they rather stop eating for a whole week just to feed you. Because you're the special guests. And just amazing how the gospel changes when, when people have little to nothing and they're content. And yet the need is the same for everyone. Doesn't matter where, where we are in the scale. So um, we want to encourage you. 
Would you consider maybe that will be an, an amazing opportunity for you as a church? Mm -hmm. Next slide. Um, there's just some picture of the different ministries and gatherings. I want to call your attention to one, the top right in there. There's, they are a fellowship of Baptist churches across the state, and these are uh, the, the pastors that we want to start with our training uh, for, for ministry purposes. Um, and, and so they are all across the state, and uh, we're in contact with them already, and we're trying to plan things. It's hard to plan from a distance, but also, like, if you can keep that in prayer as we figure those details. Uh, next slide. So our timeline right now. So currently, Alex and I, we are short-term missionaries um, while we're here in Canada. We are pastoring a church in um, Maryfield, Saskatchewan, an AGC church. Um, and we've been really, really enjoying it and love our church family. Um, but right now, like in financial terms, like as short-term missionaries, we're able to raise support and that money just stays in our account and it builds and it grows. That way, uh, when we actually move to Mexico and make that uh the first step to moving, then we'll be turn, uh, our contract will change to full-time uh, missionaries, and then the support will come out, and we'll start using that support monthly. Um, but we have a year and about four months left. It's not much. Time is flying by, and we're still pastoring a church, and we have one Sunday off a month, so it is, um, it's going even quicker. Uh, so we've been trying to share with people in other churches as well what we're doing. Um, we plan to be in Arispe, Sonora for about like four years. That's our plan right now, um, as the Lord allows. And then during those four years that we're there, we actually hope to take some time to visit other ACCI missionaries down south in Mexico. Um, and just to see maybe the possibility of moving more southern Mexico. Uh, just seeing different ministries and just saying, okay, what can we help with? And is, is this an opportunity for us to move here? Um, these are some places that we've, we've prayed about and... Um, that we feel that maybe God has just been bringing up lately to us, uh, Guadalajara, Puebla, Oaxaca, and Chiapas. Um, so we're just praying through those places, and in those places there's a lot more persecution, a lot more unreached people, and a lot more drug cartels. It's getting to be really, um, really dangerous, but we just feel like um, a really strong desire to see the people come to Christ in those unreached places. Uh, next slide. Financial needs. So we do have a one-time moving cost. Uh, we're kind of unique uh, in, um, Alex and I both are on working visas. I'm American, Alex is a Mexican. And uh, when we move, we're bringing everything with us. Most missionaries have a home base in Canada or the States and they come back for furlough. Whereas for us, we're actually moving everything we have down to Mexico in Arispe and that'll be our home base there. So we have a one-time moving cost of 6,000. That's to help us get our few things down there. Um, and as well for buying things, because right now our, we live in a church manse that's fully furnished, which we're very thankful for. But we have no bed, we have no chairs, we have no dishes. Uh, we have a coffee cup and a coffee machine, and that's really good. But that's about it. We don't have anything else, and so we want to be able to uh, go down there and buy what we need to fill up our home. Um, and our monthly support is 6000 This is all, not just for us, but it's also for uh, personal, sorry, personal and ministry expenses. Um, I was a missionary in Costa Rica for a year, and, and seriously, every single day, somebody would come to your door, and they would knock and say, I don't want money, I just want some rice and beans. Just give us something to eat. My kids are hungry, I'm hungry. So we want to be able to have um, a food pantry available for people that come to our home that are hungry or needing something, as well as um, some people come and say, hey, our, our power bill, we can't pay it, or we have no water. Um, 
just having the availability to give those things to them and say, yeah, here, it's covered, right? And, um, and it's a great opportunity for ministry as well mm -hmm. for sharing. And as well for when we are training pastors, their wives, and for doing children's ministry, you want to have materials available and literature, books. Um, and so having that money aside so when we need to buy Bibles or some kids' books, we can just go in and buy those things. Next slide, please. And this is probably the most important thing that we want to lay before you as a congregation. Uh, would you consider to take us as your prayer missionaries? Um, we need prayer. Our, our mission organization is, is heavily encouraging us to get at least 1,000 people praying for us. 1,000 people. And this is because they said, and, and we realized that, that we're going to a, to a dangerous area. There's, of course, the danger of the, of the cartels. And, and, and yes, you know some for the news, but it's getting, it's getting worse. Actually, last month, my brother, who's uh, 20, I believe, he moved out from my, fa my father and mother's house to the capital to just stand on his, own, on his own feet and work and everything. While at work, one of these cartel guys came and beat him up unjustly. And my mom and my dad have been fearing for his life all this time and said, you come back home. You come back home right now because we don't want your life to be in danger in that case. Uh, so there's that uh, danger. There's also the syncretism. The belief that I can live with Jesus and, and my life and not surrender him as a slave. I can, I can do my things and then I can do Jesus' things. I can mix my beliefs and of course that is not right. Whoever follows Jesus must pick up his cross. And that's a huge danger. And of course the danger of the, the spiritual realm, realm is, is heavily present in uh, this um, uh, indigenous countries as well, Mexico being one of them. So that's one. And wisdom, as, as we finish uh, pastoring our church, we long to finish well. Mm -hmm. We long to finish well, do a good job, exalt the name of the Lord Jesus, preach him crucified, and we as his slaves. And then wisdom, as we make plans uh, to go to Mexico, it's really hard to plan, and all the unknowns, and, and people want to know, and and we have some, but we're just saying, Lord, what do you have for us? And as well, that God would give us open doors. We're so thankful. I was saying to Pastor Dave, like, you don't even know us. <laughs> what if we're heretics or something? Uh, yeah, but yeah, God bless you. And God bless you, Pastor and Heather, um, for giving us this chance. We're extremely humble and thankful for that. Uh, and open doors, that people would give us open doors to, to share about um, Mexico as well. And... Um, May people catch the vision and, and see the need for, for this gospel keep being further down. And as well, above all, may God keep continue to send people who is willing, who will go for us. Uh, it's, it's easier to, to follow the Lord, be comfortable, but, you know, and it's not just a matter of going like I was, I appreciated in the kids feature. It's not just a matter of going overseas. Is what am I going to do today with, the, with what I have been entrusted in my Jerusalem, my Judea, my Israel, the world? What am I going to do with that? Just obedience. And kids, like you did an amazing job here with the singing and everything. And just remember, little things matter. Little things matter. There's not such a thing as little thing when you do it for Jesus. Whether you eat a meal, whether you go to school, whatever. Um, so at the back, we have a table in there. 
Um, and you will find uh, a brochure with our mission information and stuff like that, a prayer card. Please grab a prayer card um, and, and pray for us. We need it. And if the Lord stirs your heart to uh, support us financially, there's some information in there. And above all, there's a prayer list. If you would like to be part of our prayer team, why don't you put your name, put your email down in there, and, uh, and we're sending prayer updates. We need people praying for us. We need the power of the Holy Spirit going before us. Like Moses prayed, Lord, if you don't go, I can't. We cannot move. So we need faithful prayer partners. So would you consider that as well? And just want to thank you so much for your time. And God bless you. God bless you, kids. Keep doing what you're doing. It's an amazing job. And yes, um, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. I don't know about you guys, but I've been really encouraged as I've been just hearing them share to hear their, their love for the Lord, for wanting to be obedient to him, uh, for the love of God's word, to share that with their family and the people just in that area. Uh, I'm excited for what God has in store for you over the, the next many years as you go and, and obey him in that way. And I'm so glad that we've had an, an opportunity to hear from you. Uh, and, and I'd encourage you guys, as he said, let's let's prayerfully consider uh, you know, being that, that prayer support for them, that financial support for them. Uh, that's that's an exciting journey for us and for us to, to consider you know maybe we would be part of that journey going down to Mexico and and doing some work with them that would be just so exciting to do so I'll, I'll leave that with you that's a lot of stuff to take in and, and think about uh, but I'll leave that to, to for you guys to, to pray about uh, as you guys get thoughts um, come share them with me and we'll make a plan together if you are interested in, in signing up for uh, that prayer support or financial support please go ahead and and do that and if you don't make a decision today we can make that happen later too as well but for now i'll, I'll just close our service in prayer praying for you guys and then we'll be dismissed into our week all right well dear god we thank you so much for your presence here with us thank you for speaking through your servants uh we thank you for their their obedience to you that uh, that you've been doing an amazing work in their lives and in the lives of their their families their relatives uh, and we pray that you would continue that work. We pray that you would open the doors, give them wisdom as they try to figure out how to make this journey down there, uh, taking it one step at a time, being obedient to you. But we pray that you would make that way clear. We pray that as they go and visit these different churches uh, and uh, other uh, people they know or, or groups or people they don't even know, mm -hmm. but there would be many people that would come alongside them uh, to support them uh, in all these different ways so that uh, they would have uh, the success that you have in store for them. Uh, it may not look like the success that they even have in mind right now, mm -hmm. but you know that the plans you have for them, and I just pray that you would uh, enable them to carry those out to fruition. Uh, thanks so much for this uh, encouragement that we've had this morning. Pray that you'd be with us as we go into the rest of our week today. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, just bless us as we go from here. And we, may we be a, a great blessing to you as well in, in our steps of obedience as we take up our cross and, mm -hmm. and serve you in, in all the places that we go and mm -hmm. in, in the little things and the big things that we mm -hmm. do for you this week. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, you guys.